Okay, let's start our shear on Parshas Pinchas, broadcasting here from uh, Camp Mesorah for shear in the Chutz Laaretz, but uh, Baruch Hashem, this Torah, Torah from Eretz Yisrael through the uh, conduit of Golas. I guess we could, uh, we could say that. Okay, Parshas Pinchas. Start off with a short thought from Levi Yislami Bardishev, which we might have mentioned in the past, but just a uh, little story. One time it was quoted in the Karasal Shabbos Onik, which I've quoted before, which is really an amazing set. If you want to want a small, small set with short little varts on the Parsha stories, little things. Karasal Shabbos Onik has two, two volumes, and uh, one volume on Yantif is Elahe Moadai. So there he quotes this on Parsha's Pinchas, which as we know, the second half of Pinchas is all about the Moadim, all about the Yom Tovim. A few times in the Torah we have the Parsha of the Moadim. Parsha's Emor, we have the Moadim. Parsha's Pinchas, we have the Moadim various um, emphases in each of the parshas, but we have the parsha of the Moadim in the second half of Pinchas is all the maftirs, whenever there's a yantif. So there it mentions, of course, Yom Kippur, one of the Moadim. So Rebbeviyaz one time went up to the bima on Yom Kippur night, and he screams out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Screams out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you always said, and I know the Chazal, that HaKola Omer Dover B'Shem Omro Mevi Olam. Whoever says something in the name of whoever else said it, that brings Geula, that brings redemption. So I want Geula, Kaddish Baruch Hu. I want each Jew here to have Geula. Vayomer Hashem Salachti Kedvarecha. As we all scream out in the Machzor on Yom Kippur night. Hashem says, I forgive them. So Ablevius like says, I'm quoting you, Kaddish Baruch Hu. So you have to redeem us, you have to give us Geula. That's what the Karzal Shabbos quotes the story as Ablevius like always tries to... Um, Defend Klal Yisrael, quotes Chuyas of Klal Yisrael. So that's what he said before he said the Machzor on Yom Kippur night, Vayomer Hashem Salachti Kidvarech. Okay. Now let's get into the beginning of Parshas Pinchas, which of course is the story of Pinchas uh, standing up for what he thinks is right. I just forgot to bring a Chumash. Anybody have a Chumash around? Is there a Chumash? I'm sorry, so you have to get him one so I could. Uh... Okay, Perachafhei, let's start off. It's always good to bring a Chumash. Perachafhei Pasagidalf. I'll read the Rashi's outside also. Perachafei Pasagidav. The story really, a lot of the action of Parsha's Pinchas happened at the end of last week's Parsha. Real, here, at the beginning of Pinchas, we just have the reaction of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have the description of the act. But really, the, the end of last week's Parsha, Kazbi and Zimri are sinning in front of the entire Jewish people. Pinchas stands up and takes the law into his own hands. He asks Moshe Rabbeinu what to do. Moshe says, I'm not telling you what to do. You know what to do. And Pinchas stabs Kuzbi and Zimri, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu expresses his 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 consent about what occurred. So we'll get to that Bez Hashem in a couple of minutes. But first, Rashi quotes at the beginning of the parsha, first quoting the pasuk. Thank you very much. Pinchas ben Alazar ben Aaron Akohen, Heshivas Chamasi me'alpene Yisrael. Pinchas, the son of Alazar, the son of Aaron, emphasizing. We know who Pinchas was already. The first problem we have to deal with. Well, we have to know who Pinchas was. Pinchas, Heshavitz Chamasi. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akohen. We're told who his father was, who his grandfather was. What do we have to know that for? We know who Pinchas was. Chazal already picked up on it, as we'll see in a second. Heshavitz Chamasi me'abene Yisrael. He turned away my anger. Bekanoes kinasi b'socham. And he acted and was jealous for me. And I did not destroy B'nai Yisrael. As Rabbi Schwartz mentioned before, there was tremendous amounts of Jews that were being killed. It was a terrible plague. Thousands of Jews. So, Pinchas stood up and stopped the plague. Rashi's quotes, Chazal, the Gemara. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron, Cohen, first Rashi. Lefisha hayu ha-shvatim evazinoso. The Shvatim were making fun of him. The Shvatim, even after he did what he did, and he stopped the plague. The Shvatim still were making fun of him. You know what this guy Zayda did? This guy Zayda was the biggest Obed Avodah in the world. You know what he used to do? Yisro? You know what he did? And he stood up? So they were making fun of him. That's why the Pazik has to emphasize Chazal say, no, no, no. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Cohen. Don't mess with his yichus. Don't say, oh, you know who his great-grandfather was, his grandfather? No, no. He comes from Aaron Cohen. The question is, what's the emphasis? Why did the rest of the Jewish people make fun of him specifically by saying he was, his grandfather was an Ovid of Zara? They didn't pick on him. They picked on his yichus. Feel free to get chairs from across if you want to come closer. They picked on his yichus. 
The question is, why is that? What was it about Pinchas's actions that made Klal Yisrael say that, oh, he didn't have good yichus? What exactly was it? There's a thought quoted in the name of the Bali Musa. I gave you in source number two. It's quoted in one of the Svarim on Mesechah Sanhedrin, the Biyuri Adaf, source number two. If you don't have it, please share it. I'll make more copies in the future weeks. Bali Musa, Kosvu Levaris, Advarim Pederak Pshuta. Let me explain. Shashvatim Tamuhu, Haketzad Yitachin. How is it possible? Shekol Am Yisrael Neomamen Hawacha, Velo Yodumalasos Im Zimri. There was only one Jew that stood up in front of what was happening. Only one Jew. Why didn't anybody else do anything? No, There was no other tzaddik? There was no other chacham who could figure out how to stop the plague? Pinchas was the only one? What did Pinchas know that nobody else knew? How is it possible that he was the only one? V'rak Pinchas who shekini kenas Hashem v'kiyem boas adin shekanam pogen bo Only he was the one that stood up and took the law into his own hands, you know what it must be? The other Shvatim said, because they didn't want to think that they themselves were, were, you know, were faulty. So they had to defend themselves. Why was Pinchas the only one? You know what they said? It must be, you know why he did this act? Because he has some non-Jewish blood in him. He has some Achzarius in him. As we know, the Gemara in Yavamis tells us, the Jews have in their DNA three Midos, three special traits. Rachmanim, Baishonim, and Gomri Chasadim. The Rashi Tev is Chaver. Ches is... What? Rachmanim, Baishonim, Gomri Chasadim. Ches is Chasadim. Chasadim, Bilas Chesed, Beis is Baishonim. They're humble, they're modest, and Reish is Rachmanim. The Gemara tells us the three mitos that every Jew has. So that's what the other Shvatim was saying. This act of, of Achzarius, this act of, of killing, of murder, ah! Nobody else did he know why? Because it must be because he's coming from his non-Jewish blood. That's where it flows from. That's what the other Shvatim was saying. Umachmas Cain, line 6. Hayachasr lo b'midas b'yishonus v'rachmanus v'yav ha'shleim al-chobar Yisrael. And that's how he was able to do it. So you know what the Torah writes? Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen. It's not because he was from non-Jewish blood. Just the opposite. He was from Aaron HaKohen. He had such ava, as we'll talk about more in a minute. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen. Kodesh Baruch says he has the most unbelievable yichus. He has Rachmanus, Baishonus, and Gomel Chasadim. He has all those midos. One shouldn't think Chas Shalom. This was anything other than an act out of Shalom. An act out of, out of ava for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, out of Kiddush Hashem. Not because Chas Shalom. His father was Ben Puti. That's where they came from. That was their mentality. They had to defend their own actions. Why was he the only one? But the answer is... Because he was Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Cohen, he was the one that was able to stand up in the face of tragedy that was befalling Klal Yisrael. Okay, moving right along, let's continue and discuss the Rabbeinu Bachai. Rabbeinu Bachai, after a long piece, has one line. Rabbeinu Bachai is a it's very similar to the Ramban. He's a Talmud of the Ramban. A lot of Rabbeinu Bachai is based on the Ramban, but he has added. Expanded Ramban. Rabbeinu Bachai here, though, has a line that's not found in the Ramban. Source number three. Rabbeinu Bachai says, "Vahaya Pinchas Dor Shvi'i liYaakov Avinu." If you count the Doros from Yaakov Avinu, right, the, the founder of Klal Yisrael before Avram Yisrael, Yaakov Avinu, Pinchas is seventh generation. Pinchas is number seven to Yaakov. Yaakov was the first, as Chazal say, Mitaso Shlema. He was the first Jew to have perfect children. Avram had a Yishmael. Yitzchak had an Esav. Yaakov had Mitaso Shlema. He had the Shifteka. He had the Shvatim. So he was the start. So seven generations from Yaakov was Pinchas. Go back in the Jeep. Pinchas, Ben Elazar, Ben Aaron. Go back. Amram. Right, Kahas, Levi, Yaakov. Sevens are always unique. Sevens are always special. As Rabbeinu Bachai continues, Kishem Shahaya Chanoch Shvi'i Adam, the seventh person in history was Chanoch from Adam Arishon. Chanoch, we know, even though in those days everyone lived till seven, eight, nine hundred years old, Chanoch lived till much less. How long did Chanoch live? Three sixty-five, like the years of a solar year. He was complete. He was perfect. Chazal say, I mean, the Torah says. Kilakachotolokim, Hakadosh Baruch Hu just took him up to Shemayim. 
there was something special about Chanoch. He was number seven. Pinchos was number seven. Chanoch was number seven. Ve'heim keneged yom shvi'i shehu Shabbos. V'hu yom ha-menucha v'hachayim. They don't like Shabbos. Rabbeinu Bachai always has Kabbalistic ideas. This one he does not preface with being Kabbalistic. But is there any idea that we could gain in our Nigla world? What does Pinchas and Shabbos and Chanoch all have to do with each other? So Shijetz Avram Shor in one of his Svarim, Halakha Falibuf. He calls Rabbeinu Bachai and he says as follows. It's the right side of the page, line 11. Ksiv. I gotta feel bad if you wanna bring chairs closer. Feel bad if, uh, I try to talk loud enough, but feel free. Ksiv, the Pazik says, we say it every Friday night. Oave Hashem sin ura. Shomer nafshos chasidav miyad rasham yatsilaim. So let's not just sink it, let's just try to focus on what the words mean. Oave Hashem sin ura. Those who love Hashem hate evil. Shomer nafshos chasidav. He guards the souls of his of his pious, Miad Risham Yatsilim. He saves them from the hand of the wicked. Suggest, Rabbi I'm sure, this Pasik is alluding to Pinchas. It's not based on Chazal, but his suggestion is it's alluding to Pinchas. How? What does Pinchas have to do with this? David Amelach? Yishlafarish Pasik Zal Pinchas. Pinchas Nismaleb Avas Hashem Bedarga Kazu. Pinchas was so full of love of God on such a level. He couldn't stand anything that was against what God wanted. It irked him. It pained him. He couldn't have it. It bothered him so much. Relating to the first thought that we said. You know why Pinchas was the only one that could do it? He was only one that was so full of Avas Hashem. When he saw such a chilul, such a negative, such a, against Moshe Rabbeinu, against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he couldn't stand it. If somebody is really Oave Hashem, by definition, they're sinura, they can't stand anything against. But if we see somebody doing something that we f- feel is, is wrong, is unethical. We have to say something. Right? If we see somebody uh, shoplifting, if one of our friends shoplifts, we're going to turn to them. What are you doing? What are you doing? Hopefully, somebody's about to tell us Lashon Hara. Somebody wants to talk to us in Shul. Whatever the case may be, if we really have Avas Hashem in the true sense, we have to, we, not just we won't do it, but we have to, we'll spread it, we'll spread it. Lahavdil, Lahavdil. The Rambam writes at the end of, end of Hilchas Shuvah. The last parak of Hilchas Shuvah, parak Yud, is all about Avas Hashem. The highest level. So there the Ramam says, gives a mushal. He says, when a man and a woman are in love with each other, they can't stop talking about each other. They can't stop They ever speak, speak about somebody who's engaged? They can't stop talking about it. They're unbelievable. She's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. They do this. They do that. They can't stop. They're overflowing. They have to spread it. The Ramam says, greater than that love has to be our Avas Hashem. It has to be overflowing. Oave Hashem Sinura. Pinchas was on the level of an Oave Hashem. And therefore he couldn't stand it. Sinura. See, he was the one that did it. Hashem. As we said in the earlier Thorn and Source number two, it was all out of Avas Hashem. That's why the Pazik emphasizes Aaron Ava. It was all out of Ava. Kemidas Aaron Akoin Shu that's where the root was from. Oave Hashem Sinura. And that is why. What did Pinchas get? As we'll talk about more in a minute. Shomer Nafshos, Shomer Nafshos Chasidav. He was Zochet to a special guard. Special protection from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kemosheh Nikra Aaron HaKohen Ish Chasidecha. As he continues, he quotes the Gemara. Tremendous Nisim occurred. Pinchas went in. Everybody was against him. The whole shaven of Shimon. Zimri could have turned around and stayed at Pinchas. Pinchas had Stesel Shmira. Oave Hashem Sinura. Shomer Nafshos Chasidav. That's the Avas Hashem. When somebody is so full of Ave, it just overflows. And they can't stand anything against. The same idea says Rav Shur. It's said by Esfasemis, beginning at the top of the next column. Esfasemis says, interesting. 
Dalit Parshios. Think of Purim Pesach time. The first of the Dalit Parshios we know is Parshas Shkolim. Then Zohar, then Parah, then Chodesh. Each one, yes, has a reason. We do Shkolim before Rosh Chodesh Adar, because that's when they used to collect the Shkolim. We do Zohar before Amalek. Each one has a reason. But on a deeper level, says the Svas Emes, Shkolim connects every Jew to the Beis HaMikdash. Every Jew gives a shekel, a half a shekel to the base of Migdash. That connection to Hashem. Next column. Third line. Start with the next step. Amalek. Why be got Amalek? That type of action, that type of mitzvah, that one might fulfill that mitzvah from, a di- from, from an incorrect source. One might do that mitzvah out of hatred. One might do that mitzvah not with a pure motive. Says the Sfasemis, that's why before we have Parsha Zohar, we have Parsha Shkalim. We first connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We first connect to the Avoda of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We fill ourselves, before we, we take it out on the Zimri and the Kuzbis, before we take it out on the Amaleks, first we make sure where we are. We take stock of our own spiritual standing. And if that is perfect, if that is pure, so then we could then fulfill the mitzvah of Amalek properly. Skipping line 9, Only once we do that, that connection to Hashem, us. Then we could continue and do what we have to do to Amalek. That is, says Rav Armshur, the connection. Pinchas, what does seven mean? Pinchas is the seven, Chanoch is the seventh. Shabbos is the seventh. What is all that? That's all symbolizing. Shabbos is also a day when we fill ourselves with connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then we're able to go into the week. Pinchas was filled with Avas Hashem, with connection, feeling for Hashem, and then Sinurah, that's when he did the act of against Zimri and Kazbi. And that's exactly the same idea that Svasem has said, Parsha Shkalim before Parshas, Parsha Zohar. So that is the sevens, one connected to Chanoch also. Chanoch was connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu just had to, just had to take. Okay. One final thought related to the lineage that is stated here at the beginning of the Parsha. Let's go to the Psukim though for a minute again, because we have to focus on two Psukim. Okay, the beginning of the Parsha says, Pinchas ben Elazar, we're going to go to Source 5 in a minute. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen, Heshev Eschamasi, Me'al b'nei Yisrael. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron. The Meshachachman notes the lineage, but also notes the next Pasuk. Let's read the next Pasuk, and then we'll put the message of the two Pesukim together. L'chein emar, Pasuk Yudbeiz, I tell you, hidini no sein lo esbrisi shalom, I will give him a, a covenant of peace. V'haisa lo ulezaro acharav b'rizkuhu nasolam. I will give him and his descendants those of you listening out there, it's a true Camp Masara rainstorm, as we would have expected the first uh, Parsha Shir. Baruch Hashem. Try to outshout it. He and his children will have a brisku because he was jealous for his God. Says the Meshachachma, we could get a deeper message of these two psukim by realizing what Pinchas actually did. Let's look at the Meshachachma in source number 5. Top of the page. Ha'inyan, says the Meshachachma. The Pinchas Pinchas really did two things. Pa'echad, shaharag Yisrael, bishvil nikmas kvod Hashem, shalom Yisrael. Number one, what did Pinchas do? He was worried about kvod Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's covet. There was a Chil Hashem taking place and he wanted to be Mekadei Shem Shamayim. Number one, he did something for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But number two, Hasheni, four, line four, Shehifgir es kol ha'olam haba v'kinei l'tovasam shel Yisrael. Number two, he did something for the Jewish people. He saved Klal Yisrael. He saw many Jews that were dying. So he acted for Hashem and he acted for B'nai Yisrael. 
Kamosh Amr, like the Gemara says in Tanhedrin, he got upset at HaKadosh Baruch What are you doing? Why do so many Jews have to die? Because of what Zimri and Kazbi did. So he did two things, says the Meshachachma. Let's focus, because he's going to explain the Psukim in the following way. He did something for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he did something for Am Yisrael. Says the Meshachachma, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen. What did Elazar do, and what did Aaron do? Vehine, line 9. Harishon Matsonu Be'elazar. The first aspect of what Pinchas did, that he was out, L'Shem Kiddush Hashem, we find Elazar, his father also acted once in history for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shekein Kishemes Aaron, V'Nistaku Ha'ananim. Last week's parsha, when Aaron died and the clouds disappeared, V'Chazru L'Acharehem, and the Jews went backwards. After Aaron died, they complained, you want to go back to Mitzrayim, forget about it. V'amdu B'nei Levi V'Lachamu. Right, there was a civil war. Read the there was a civil war. The B'nei Levi started fighting. The other Jews, don't go back to Mitzrayim. V'hargu Yisrael, L'man Kvod Yisrael, L'Kadosh Baruch Hu. And what happens? The fellow Jews stood up and killed the fellow Jews. They were going back to Mitzrayim. Second to last line. V'nasi Nesiei HaLevi, El-Azar Ben Aaron. Hare B'tzivu Yonas Ezeh. Elazar, his father, acted in last week's parsha l'shem Hashem, a kiddush Hashem to save Hakadosh to to save the situation l'shem Shemayim. Aaron Akohen, what was he known for? He was known as always acting l'shem Klal Yisrael, Oiv Shalom Berodiv Shalom. And not only that, what did he even do? The Meshachachma says, when it came to the story of the Egel, what did Aaron do? He was so trying to prevent the catastrophe. But Aaron Amorazal, the next column, Shiratzal Achikam Ad Yomachar, he wanted to say, maybe one day, one more day, Moshe's going to come back. Asaha Egel, Umutashi Yitlu Asirchon B, Val Yovdu B Yisrael. Let him blame me. Aaron Akoin was the one who was involved in making the Egel. Because Aaron said, you know what? I'll take the blame. But save Klal Yisrael. And we know throughout Aaron's life, he was busy making peace amongst Klal Yisrael. So on a deeper level, says the Meshachachma, what does the first Pasuk mean? Pinchas, ben Elazar, ben Aaron HaKohen. You have to read it as follows. Pinchas. Pinchas acted both for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and for Klal Yisrael. And where do you see that? Ben Elazar, his father acted for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ben Aaron, his grandfather, always acted for Bnei Yisrael. Pinchas, ben Elazar, ben Aaron HaKohen. And he says it's not finished. Go to the next Pasuk. Now the next Pasuk reads beautifully. Says the Meshachachma. I'll read it to you. Yud beis lochein emar hininosin loes brisi shalom. V'haisalo lezarach harav. I'm going to give this bris to him and his descendants. Asher kini lelokav. V'yechapra b'nei Yisrael. Because he did two things. He was kini lelokav for Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and he was mechapra b'nei Yisrael. Both things. The end of what he says at the end. Lochein yichzu akasav ben Aaron. That's why he says Ben Aram, I'm sorry, A classic Meshachachma who understands a certain idea and pushes it into the text and once it's in the text you're like, of course that's what it's saying. Of course that's what the emphasis is. Pinchas, Ben Elazar, Ben Aaron, Asher Kini Lelokav, Vayechaper Abne Yisrael emphasizing the double element of what Pinchas did. Okay. One final thought related to Pinchas, and then we'll move on to the Beno Slavchad. There's a thought actually that Rabbi Schwartz mentioned right before, right, right before, uh, right after Mincha today. And that is, isn't it fascinating that after what Pinchas does, an act of murder, an act of killing, what is he zochet to? The only one in the entire Torah Uzochet to such a reward from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and he knows he knows Brisi, Shalom. He gets a bris of peace. The murderer, okay, L'shem Shemayim, but the Rotseach, he's the one that gets the Brisi, Shalom. Pretty amazing. It's What did he get this for? What did he need this for? It's obviously not, right, coincidence. Oh, Kaddish Baruch happened to give it to him. There was a specific reason, and also why Dafka at this moment. As if this act caused the reward specifically to come, you're going to do this murder, I'll give you a Brisi Shalom. Says the Nitziv. Source number seven. 
So the Nesiv, a thought that many of you might be familiar with from the Sefer HaChinuch. The Sefer HaChinuch writes over and over again in his Sefer, probably the most four four words that he writes the most out of any four words, Acharei HaPaulos, Nimshachos HaLavavos. We are influenced by our actions. We are influenced by our actions. If I am a really mean person inside, but I spend all my day giving staka, I'm ultimately going to become a nice person. I'm also going to become a Balstaka. Say the opposite. If I spend, if I, if I'm a really great person, but I spend all my day like, like insulting people and making fun of people and not doing nice things for them, ultimately it's going to rub off. I'm going to become that type of person. Say Rechenev says, so many mitzvahs are achare pulos and shachas alvavos. There's an example. He said mitzvah sadaches. The mitzvah, the Rechenev says, the big day kahuna. The Kohanim have to wear special clothing. Why such an emphasis? A whole parsha, whole half a parsha on clothing. Parsha tesave. What's the big deal? I thought we don't care about Chitsonia so much. Such an emphasis on the shirt and on the shorts and on the hat. The answer is, that's the Sefer HaChinuch. We act differently based on how we're dressed. If we're dressed in a schlumpy way, if I'm wearing a t-shirt, I dress, I act differently than if I'm wearing something nice I'm put together. I act differently. It's the way it is. Says the Nitziv in source number seven, if somebody commits murder, even for the best of reasons, even with the greatest of intentions, L'shem Shemayim, out of Avas Hashem, as we mentioned, because he's from Aaron HaKohen, it's still going to affect him. It's still going to affect him. He will always have that stain. Right? Just L'mashol, Ma'adav Adom, Edavad HaMelech. David HaMelech couldn't build the base HaMikdash. It was his ultimate dream. He wanted to. HaKadosh Baruch says, sorry, you have blood on your hands. What could I do? You had to fight wars. Your son will build it. David, so he, he bought the land for it, but he couldn't do anything more than that. Says the Nitziv, Ubishvil, third line, Kiteva HaMaisa, She'asa Pinchas, Larog Nefesh Biado, because the nature of the act that Pinchas did to kill it's natural for the act of murder to leave a stain on a person's neshama, on a person's soul. So what? It was l'shem shemayim. But still, it's going to affect him. He's never going to be that pure neshama anymore without murder. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I'm taking that stain away from you. Even though naturally it should be there, I'm giving you brisi shalom. Brisi Shalom is like an eraser. It's like he has a stain from the from the murder. The Bris Shalom takes it away. That's why Dafka Pinchas got it. He was the only one. If you think about it, the, the famous murderer in the Torah, L'shem Shemayim. Say, so would have affected him. Akadosh Baruch says, "Don't worry about it." Naturally, it should affect you, but know what? I'm going to, I'm going to uh, take that away from you. Okay. Let's move on in the parsha to the Benos Slavchad. We know the Ohave Eretz Yisrael, the five daughters of Slavchad. So we have in Parach of Zion. What happened? So they come to Moshe Rabbeinu and they say, Moshe. Our father died. Avinu meis b'midbar v'hu lo haya b'tocha eda and adam al Hashem. He wasn't in Korach's group. He died, but he didn't do anything else wrong. Ki b'chet omeis. He died because of his sins. Ubanim lo hayulo. He didn't have any sons. Didn't have any sons? Pincha Moshe Rabbeinu. So what do we do? We don't want to lose our nachla. Lama yigara shem avinu mitoch mishpachto ki in lo ben. Why should our family name be lost? Give us an achwa. Unbelievable. What does Moshe answer them? What does Moshe answer them in Oslofchad? He does not have an answer. How many times do you find in the Torah that Moshe Avinu does not have an answer? You know, he could have said, Oh, you know, you know I'm busy right now. Let me come right back. He didn't even try to cover it up. You know, sometimes if we're really uh, proud of ourselves, so somebody will ask us a question, we'll, we'll make up an answer. Yeah, we'll pretend we know the answer. We'll try to answer as if we didn't understand the question. We'll try to do all different things to try to make sure the person doesn't think I really didn't know the answer. Even though Rashi writes in 30 places in Shas, I don't know. If you look in the Gilead Shas in Brachas, I think it's about Tafchaf or so, so there in the Gilead Shas he quotes 25 places where all the places in Shas where Rashi says, I don't know. 
So Rashi wasn't scared to say, I don't know. So we could also. So Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know. So they asked him what to do. So Moshe Rabbeinu went to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He didn't know what the answer was. Rashi, Nisalma halacha mimenu. The halacha was taken away from him. Dabar acher, we're going to focus on this one. Ru'uya haisa parsha zuli hikasev al yidei Moshe. Really, Moshe should have known the answer. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the information away. Why? He wanted to give schar to these wonderful women. The Beno Slavchad. He wanted to have a parsha in the Torah written because of them and their schus. Why was this written? Not because Moshe Rabbeinu had a command from Hashem, this is what the Allah is. No. He wasn't even going to say anything. These women came to Moshe, Moshe asked Hashem, and Hashem gave the answer. So really, these women were the reason we have the whole parsha of inheritance, of Nachla, in the, in the Torah. That's Chazal. Chazal say, they were Zoh. In the Sefer Kamotzi Shalom Rav, source number eight, it's a compilation of many different uh, achronim. He asks, what was so unique and special about these women? What was it they were Zochet to have a parsha, a section of the Torah written in their zchus, something that he points out, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah didn't have. A whole separate parsha in the Torah written because of them? Okay, not just about their life, but a set of halachas. A whole set of halachas that were written because of these women. So what was it about these women? So he suggests that really it wasn't the women. Because it doesn't say their name. It says their names later. But it doesn't say that these women with their names were zochet to have a parsha nechtav al yedehen. What does the Torah say? Binos slavchad. It was their father that was really the one who did something very special. Binos slavchad. Slavchad gets the credit. He was the father. That's what the parsha is called. The Benos Slavchad. You're right, it was the daughters, but who is his chus? What do we know about Slavchad? Figure the Torah right here just says he wasn't in Adas Korach. What do we know about Slavchad? Sorry, so did Slavchad try to go back? Ah, oh, see, so maybe try to prevent that, as we'll see in a second. So Chazal say, in, so, in continuing source 8, line 11, Mi'ayat Slavchad. Who is Slavchad? So according to one opinion, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says on line 13, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Mikoshesh Eitzim Haya. Slavchad was the Mikoshesh. He was the one that we had who gathered the wood, was Bechal Shabbos, and he was put to death in the Midbar. He was the Mikoshesh Eitzim. That was Slavchad. Tosis points out in Mesechas Baba Basra. So what was so great about him? He was the Mikoshesh, he was Bechal Shabbos in the desert? He was Zochad to have these wonderful daughters? What is it about Slavchad? Says Tosas in Baba Basra, line 18. Mikoshesh l'shem shamayim niskaven. The Mikoshesh really acted. Yes, he gathered wood on Shabbos. He was Mechal Shabbos, but he really had good intentions, like you just said. Why? What were his intentions? Shahayu Omrim Yisrael. Because the Jews said at that time, right after this decree of the Miraglim, the Jews were told they were going to be in the desert for years and years. You know what they thought to themselves? We're not going into Israel, so you know what? Let's throw it all away. What's the purpose? Maybe Hashem doesn't even care. We're not his nation anymore. Let's throw it away. We're not Mechayev and Mitzvahs anymore. The Jewish people were going to go to the other extreme. Hashem's not taking them into Eretz Yisrael. There must be there's different plans, maybe a different nation. They were going to give it all up. So what did Slavchad do? Slavchad wanted to save Klal Yisrael. Ahmad the Chil al Shabbos Kadeshi Yehareg the Yiru Acherin. He sacrificed himself. He was Mechal Shabbos L'shem Shamayim so that people will see that mitzvahs are still intact. The chiv of mitzvahs is still upon each and every individual Jew. Yes, you're not going into Eretz Yisrael, but you know what? Mitzvahs are everywhere. Mitzvahs are everywhere in the world. 
yes, there are mitzvahs are tuyas baaretz, but in general, mitzvahs are everywhere. Line twenty-two, the Amru shakash and itstavu bnei Yisrael on Shabbos when bnei Yisrael were commanded about Shabbos. Harizayim b'zedavar matzmiyamod. It was difficult for the Jews to accept a mitzvah like Shabbos. Kasher mitzuvim lefetal milyoni anoshim anoshim etaf. Millions of people all of a sudden weren't allowed to cut a branch. They weren't allowed to go outside the tzum a little bit. You know, we're used to Shabbos, but think if you're not used to Shabbos and you think that God's plan might have just changed, so he was worried. So Slavcha said, I'll sacrifice myself. I'm ready to give it up. But I want to save Klal Yisrael. That's who Slavchad was. And that's who, his daughters. But through him, they were Zochet to have a parsha in the Torah written, written for them. Next, top of the next page. He had to be killed. He was Machal Shabbos. Even for wonderful reasons, he was Machal Shabbos. But still, what we learn from Slavchad, we don't learn that we're supposed to model his behavior. We're not saying that he should have done it. But in hindsight, what he did teaches us somebody who's most nefesh for Klal Yisrael. Somebody who gives of himself. He gave his whole olam He gave everything for Klal Yisrael. That's somebody who could get a partial reading in the Torah because of him. That's somebody who shows us, who shows us merit, somebody who we can learn from. Okay, two more thoughts for the night. Okay, let's go to Chav Zayin Chav. After we have no Slavchad, we have Nachlos. We have Moshe Rabbeinu is commanded to start handing over the reins. No pun intended. Right. Moshe says to Hashem, Hashem, you got to help appoint the next leader. Got to appoint the next leader. Somebody's going to go lead them. So Hashem says, I got your replacement. It wasn't his sons. Moshe Rabbeinu's sons were not the ones that were going to take his place. Who was it? Take Yoshua. We'll get back to that. The man who has a ruach in him. The samach that has You shall lean your hands on him. So stand him up. You shall put from your glory on him. Chazal, Rashi quotes it, on Mehotcha. Moshe, you shall put from your glory on him. Rashi quotes the Gemara, you have it at the beginning of source 10. Not all of your hod. The elders of that generation said, Moshe Rabbeinu's face was like the sun. Yoshua's face was like the moon. Okay, Rashi quotes it in short. Moshe was like the sun. Yeshua was like the moon. Says Shlomo Hyman, quoted here also in Kamosi Shalorav. What's the emphasis of Zakanim Shabador? The elders of the generation, they said Moshe's like the sun and Yeshua's like the moon. Why Dafka the Zakanim? What about the young people? No. The young people didn't say it. It was only the Zakanim Shabador, the elders of the generation. So Moshe the sun and uh, Yeshua's the moon. So he explains no, there's a deeper idea here. If we put ten moons together, a hundred moons together, if we have the light of a hundred moons, it still wouldn't touch the sun. It wouldn't come close. The sun's light, the sun's rays, is qualitatively different than the moon's. It doesn't matter how many moons you pile on. Moons and moons and moons and moons, you're not going to get to the sun. The sun is different. The younger generation in the desert, they saw Moshe, they saw Yoshua. They didn't realize, they didn't see Kriyas Yamsuf. They didn't see the Makas. They didn't see when the Mons, they, oh, the Mons always been here. The Mon, the Be'er, the Anan. 
Does the Canaan tell them, no, you don't understand. Moshe is like the sun and Yeshua is like the moon. There's no comparison. There's a qualitative difference between them. It's not just, they're not in the same league. Ulam is a Canaan, line 7, Shero is Moshe. Yadu, Shahevdo Beinayim Hu, Shemosh of Yeshua, Klaloi Meosasug. They weren't from the same type. Pnei Moshe Kabnei Chama. Hashemesh Valavanein, Kishnei Sugim Nefradim Shaloros. Different types of light. Viavim Nigach Arshal, Esser Levanus Yachet, 10 moons. Still doesn't make a difference. He quotes a, 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 a quote from the Arsameach. The Arsameach, Rameir Simcha. Quote said, he says, me and the Ksos, the Ksos and I, says, he had Bikiyas and I had Bikiyas. We both learned a lot. But his Rashba and my Rashba, there's no comparison. In other words, his understanding of the Rashba, I'm just not in that league. We're not in his league. But the Meshachachma said it about the Ksos 200 years before him. That there's certain leagues of, of leaders and that's the message of this Chazal. Pnei Moshe Kabrechama. Moshe was in a different category of leader than Yeshua ben Nun was. This same idea is suggested by Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky to explain another Gemara. Turn over the page for a minute. Rabbi Yaakov says in Parshas Bahaloscha, in Source 11, there's a Gemara in Meseches Temura. Temura, all the way to the middle of Seder Kudshim. Gemara Temura says, line, line 2, Never opened up a Mesechus Tumura right now. We're going to do a Gemara. When Moshe Rabbeinu was about to die, Amr lo Yoshua, he said to Yoshua, Sha'al mimeni, kol sveikos, sheyesh lecha. Ask me any question you want. Yeshua, I'm leaving. Yeshua, I'm 120 years old. It's time. Fine. People are going to say I may have asked for him. So I got to go. Right? So that's all. Have any questions for me? Any sveikus? Amalei, what does Yeshua answer? Rebbe, klum hinachtich sha'achas, falakti l'mokom acher? I never left your side. You never said anything that I missed. Every single word that you've ever said, I've been there. Lo kach kasaftabi? Didn't you write in your Torah about me? It's a great line. Didn't you write that I never left your tent? So what kind of what kind of shilo is that? Do you have any questions? Oh, of course I have no shilos. Right? I, I stayed at the bottom of Har Sinai. Well, you aren't even there. Miyad. Immediately the Gemara says, Tashash Kochosho Yoshua. Yoshua became very spiritually weak. He forgot three hundred laws. The Nodulo Zain Mayas Vekas, and he had seven hundred questions. The Umduko Yisrael Hargo. Whoa. All the Jews were gonna kill him. Amalak Khadishbarh, Lomalakhoyah. Gamar continues. Okay, we don't have to do that. Continuation of the Gamara is not for us. But the first half of the Gamara, ask Rabbi Yaakov. What was Rabbi Yesh- what was Yeshua bin Nun's mistake? He didn't have any questions. He t- he said the truth. What was he supposed to answer? He was like, oh yeah, I missed Shear that day. I had midterms. Right? What? What was he supposed to answer? He never left. He said the truth. Answer Yaakov. What was he supposed to, what does Hashem want from him? Amnam Nira, line 16, says Rabbi Yaakov. Sha'af shi Yeshua lomad, es kol ha-Torah mipi Moshe. Yes, Yeshua learned all the Torah. Mikolol makom, klal echad ba'alachal olamad mimenu. There was one idea that Yehoshua didn't recognize. There was one motif. There was a message that Yeshua needed to learn and the only way to learn it was for him to forget 300 halachas and 700 questions. What was that message? What did he not realize? The cloud that Chazal tell us in Shabbos. If the earlier generations were angels, then we are people. If they were people, we're animals. Meaning, the concept of the Shalshelis Hadoros. And that every generation, distant from Harsinai, is a generation lower on the totem pole. 
V'hainu shekanai Moshe malamdo aklala gadosha chasimas atkufos. Moshe had to teach him the idea of generations. V'yachshav kashigi asmano shem Moshe lipatul aganeiden. And now, when it was time for Moshe Rabbeinu to go to Ganeiden, nigma tkufas Moshe kibel Torah misinai. The generation of Moshe was finishing. The generation of Yeshua was starting. And then it's going to be the Zakanim. And it's going to be the. It's going to continue. And the Nevi'im and the Shoftim to crystallize this idea. Siyata Deshmaya had it that Yeshua ben Nun had to forget halachas and realize he doesn't know everything. There was nothing for him to do. You're right. Maybe he did not do anything wrong. But he had to be taught this lesson. The lesson of Pnei Moshe Kepnei Chama and Pnei Yeshua Kepnei Lovana. There's a qualitative leap in generations from Moshe to Yeshua to the Zakanim. And he continues in the next column. And this is even a halachic it's a halachic principle. Every page of the Gemara, when the Gemara says, how could this Amora say this? Didn't this Tana argue with him? The Gemara is saying that this Tana is like the sun compared to the Amora who's like the moon. Every generation is a qualitatively steps lower, says Rabbi Yaakov. All right, I should say farther, not lower. Farther from the source. And we have to realize that. And we don't have the authority to argue on the psak of certain earlier generations. Tanoim, Amoraim, Rishonim, Poskim. That's the message of the Chazal and Arashi. Pnei Moshe, Kipnei Chama, Kipnei Yoshua, Kipnei Levana. Okay, one more idea. And this final idea is an idea that we have to take with us if we are ever in a leadership position in any context. It's an idea from Rav Yosef Nechemi Kornitzer, one of our favorites, the last Rav in Krakow. On the Pasuk, Ish Asher Ruach Bo. Pasuk I just read previously, the Torah describes Yoshua, the man who has the Ruach in him. What does it mean, Ish Asher Ruach Bo? And we are leaders in every area where we are. We're leaders in our bunks here, we are leaders in the workplace, we are leaders. And we have to remember this, this, uh, the following idea. What does the Yal could say on the Pasuk? Source 12. Ruach Bo, that he could go keneged the Ruach of each person. What does that mean? He has the Ruach, he could go against each person. Says Rabbi Yosef Nechemia. David HaMelech says, we all know it, we say it every morning. Va'ani amarti b'shalvi bal emot olam. It's always great when you pick a Pasuk from Davin that we always fly through and we like focus on it a little bit so it means more to us. So hopefully tomorrow morning, at least for one day, we'll like think about it and then once in a while we'll remember these Kavanas. Vani Amarti Bishalvi. I said in my, my, um, I was calm. I had Shalva. Bal Emot Olam. I will never falter. I will never fall. Hashem, Birtsoncha, in your Ratzon, He'emadata laharari oz. You stood me up like a strong mountain. So what does that whole Pasuk mean? The Amarti Lafarish, says of Yosef Nechemia, genius. Ki Amar David, Ani betchila Amarti Lanafshi. David HaMelech says to himself, You know what I used to think, David says, What makes a great leader? Shekeshasher avakish shalom kalish ve'ish, Ve'erel asos Ratzon kolechad ve'echad, the best leader is the one who goes to every single person and tries to fill the need of every single constituent. What do you want? Okay, I'll do that for you. What do you want? Okay, I'll do that for you. What do you want? Every single person in my constituency, I'm going to do whatever they want. That's what I originally thought is the way to true leadership. That's how I'll create a strong kingdom. Right? That's Vanya Marti Bishalvi. I said in my shal, my in my when I was calm in my early years, Balemot and Balemot Slolam, right, and I'll never falter. But then I realize it's impossible. You can't make everybody happy. You try to be a boss, there are rules that have to be in place. You can't make everybody happy. Anybody in a leadership position, we could do our best. But if there are certain principles that we live by, we can't change those principles. We can't violate those principles. The principles come first. 
Everybody's different. I realize there's no way to do it. There's no way to do it. You know what's the only way to be a good leader, says David HaMelech? I have certain principles of being a Ratz, of Ratzon Hashem. Even though some people might not like it sometimes. There's a, there's a Chazal that says, if there's a rabbi that every single person in Yeshua loves, he's probably not being a good rabbi. He's probably not telling them what they're, they're supposed to be doing. Everybody loves you. Every single person loves you. But then, what are you telling them what they want to hear? What Akadosh Baruch Hu wants them to hear? So again, there's uh, the grain of truth in every uh, in every chazal, and at least the grain of truth in every chazal. So he says, even if it's something's negative, what people want to do. V'zeo Shama now explains the psukim, line fourteen. Ani amarti linafshi. I used to say to myself, Bishalvi, kasher avaki shalom Bishalva misaviv. Bishalvi. If I get shalva for everybody, if I try to make everybody happy, bala mosla olam. So that's when, that's when I'm, I'm sure my, my, my malchus would, st- would stick forever. But but now I see, as I mature, says David HaMelech, Ki Hashem With your, following your Ratzon, that's what's going to make a great malchus. The greatest politicians in history are the ones that stay true to their principles. Not the ones that change based on what the people want to hear. Right? The greatest leaders are the ones that sometimes they have to do things that people don't want to hear. If your Ratzon is negging me in my eyes, that's what he says on line 21. This is what we have to realize. Getting back to our Pasuk. What's the greatest leader? What did Chazal say? Sometimes you got to be against. Sometimes we can't follow what everybody wants to hear. Right? If we're a counselor, if we're a divisionaire, whatever we are, sometimes we have to we have to do what we know is right. What's the best thing for them? Even though they might not want to hear it. The And that's David Amelech, he learned the lesson. Line thirty, If a person does not have the ruach in him, he's like a ball. Like a volleyball. Goes back and forth. Okay, they want to hear this this message and they want to hear this message. Okay, I'll give you these. I won't raise taxes. I will raise taxes. All this, all that. Right? Anything anybody wants to hear? That's not a leader. A leader is. A leader is somebody who's neged. Somebody who's strong enough to be able to stand true to their principles. That was Yeshua ben Nun. And even he was the Levana compared to Moshe Rabbeinu who was the, who was the Chama. But that's Ish Asher Ruach Bo. So we should all learn to stay true to Asher Birtsoncha Hamat Lariyoz. If we want to be strong and make a mountain of our Avodas Hashem, we have to make sure that we stay strong and O's in our beliefs and our values. Okay, we'll stop here. Brother Hashem, probably, I'm guessing next Tuesday night if things uh, remain equal, but um, assume Tuesday nights, we'll announce it if anything uh, changes.